welcome to tournament in a tea break no matter how hard we try we still get back in the wee small hours of the evening or night or whatever very late anyway um you are listening to ros satel from britwatch sports and chris otto from planet earth <laughs> you really love being <laughs> I'm going with that. Earth, you, you could also say tennis now. Okay. Um, and <laughs> today was Manic Monday. So how was your Manic Monday? How did your Manic Monday turn out? It's it's a lot. It is, isn't it? It's tough. It's. I mean, we can't. We're not. We aren't the only stand that does does it, are we? Is Wimbledon the only stand that does Manic Monday? I guess it is actually because everybody else has like everybody else has seven days. And we have them little Sunday, so, so we have. To... Suddenly, I can't remember anything. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so we have this manic Monday, and all all the fourth round matches are played on one day, and it's mental. It's a fabulous, fabulous experience for the for the fans, though. Um, I remember as a fan queuing up, coming in, and I was told that I couldn't get onto court eighteen because I hadn't queued overnight I joined the queue at about three four in the morning mm. um, so I didn't have one of the wristbands telling me that I belonged to the queue and so I was like but but I want to get onto the match and they said no no because priority is given to the people who queued um, but obviously now with two roofy roofy courts the scheduling is slightly different to when it used to be because they just bump everybody anywhere and they just put people wherever and you could get to see a really good match on court 18, which is the which is the show court. But it, it sounds like it's in the car park, but it's it's not. It's right opposite. You know, it's right close to to centre court. Um, but it is a fantastic day for fans, and we we got all done. And I have to say, I'm going to be honest, and people might find this a little bit controversial, but I think the women's fourth four round matches by far outweighed the men's. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. The men were, well, the big three is it's just about star power. If 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 you're a super hyped up fan of of Djokovic, of Federer, of Nadal, yeah, you're gonna have fun watching him just bludgeon somebody, and that's what they did today. There were some other good matches on the men's side that were surprisingly interested, uh, interesting. Raonic and Paya went five. That was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, overall, the women's matches, there was more depth, more interesting matchups. And uh, I actually ducked into a few of them. Can't get it, you can't watch them all. No, but, but no. And, that, and that's, that's the problem for us, I think, is that there's so much action going on, you miss things. But let's start at the beginning. Ash Barty, who everybody thought, I, I, I put my hands up, I thought she was going to win a Channel Slam, went out to Alison Risk. Risk, who can be, you know, fairly stable, but, you know, unremarkable, comes into her own on grass. She won then Bosch, she beat Kiki Burton's in her own backyard. Yeah. Then the rest of her roundup wasn't particularly great. Um, until she got here, she's come from a set behind, I think, twice in a row. Um, so I had one foot out the door and then has had to come from uh, a set down in two of her matches to, to get through. She's come past Bencic and now Barty. And, it's unbelievable. And, and Vekic in the first round, let's not forget. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, and the match we didn't mention was against Jurovic of Serbia. And I was walking by that match and trying to peek at it because it went into 9-7 in the fifth. So everything she's done has been difficult here at Wimbledon. But you're right. She's very good on grass, always has been. Mm. And, wow, well, she took out Barty today. That was just a massive surprise. In fact, I tried to get to that match because I knew it was close and I wanted to get 
in there by after the seventh game of the third set. I just missed that changeover, and then Barty was broken and, and lost the match before I even could get in to watch yeah. it. Yeah, it, all it took was scoreboard pressure of one poor game from Barty, and it was all done. And that and that's the thing with grass; it's so quick. If you lose your serve, that whole set can be gone in an instant. Mm-hmm. Um, for her well, risk and reward, haha, hmm. she earns a matchup with Serena Williams, who, if you look at the score, six two six two against Carla Suarez Navarro, you think, meh, okay. But as you pointed out to me, and I had to go and check, she actually got broken twice, once once in each set. Yes, yeah, she did. I don't think we're still completely confident that we're going to get the the juggernaut Serena Williams, the seven-time Wimbledon champion Serena Williams that can just take the racket out of anybody's hand. I don't know if she's playing as even, as steady as she would like to just yet, but the draw has broken her favor. We were talking about the quarter of death for Serena yeah. Williams, and it just hasn't happened that way. And for her to get Allison Risk in the quarterfinals is real nice. It's a reward. Ah, uh, Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go down. Let's keep going down in in order. I think. Um, sure. In that next quarter, uh, Barbara Stritzova came um, up, came again, came from a set behind against Elise Mertens. Um, I don't know that this was a surprise because Stritzova has reached the quarterfinals before. She does play well on grass. She does. Um, although she's hinting that this might be her last time. Isn't that funny? I've I've seen those clippings from her press. Yeah. She's kind of like seems like she's playing with the media a little bit. I have find it hard to believe that she'd be interested in calling her quits. I mean, she's at the top of her game on doubles still, and yeah. well, clearly it's in singles as well. I, I was out there to watch her play against Mertens in the third set. She was um, steady. She wasn't serving in volley. I really came out there to see her serve in volley because, of course, she has been the player that has served and volleyed more than any other singles player on the women's side. I think 20% or 20% wow. of her service points have been served and volleyed. But wow. when I saw her play against Merton, she must have gone into plan B because it was mostly get to the net behind an approach shot type of tennis. But still, the, the really steady, some great defensive lobs, some, some really nice points between those two. And um, she was definitely a deserving winner. And now she gets Joe Conta next. Yes, now this was a, a match and a half. So Joe against two-time champion and the very much beloved Petra Kvitova. Um, very much. The first set, the hitting was ferocious. It, I've never, you know, Joe in a press conference said the ball was, was coming at her like a bullet and she's not joking. I mean, the hitting from both of them in the first set was unbelievably good. Very not much in it at all. It was just one loose game, I think, from Conta and and Petra broke for the match. Um, but in the second set, I I just feel that Con- that, that Kvitova spent it all in that one in that one to get that set. And then in the second set, Conta broke her twice at the beginning and then held on to the um held on to the advantage and then broke her twice again. Had a double break lead in the third. She needed that double break lead because that serving arm was super, super tight. Kvitova by by this point was um, was, uh, hitting three. Broke Conta as she was serving. Um, But but the sign of the confidence in Conta right now, this time in, well, towards the end of 2017, if this happened where, you know, she either lost a set or you know was coming back and then was struggling she would just capitulate and she had absolute calm and belief that she was going to come through that 
and she did and the strange thing we hope that it isn't anything serious we hope it is just too upset to to come into press but Petra Kvitova didn't come in she was due in at 20 to 7 20 to 7 came and went and then I don't know where I was I've gone upstairs I think to get something from upstairs and they said oh you know Petra Kvitova won't be coming into press for personal reasons and we'll get flash quotes I don't even think we got the flash quotes mm. I haven't um, seen that. Again, that's very rare from Kvitova. Very rare indeed. So um, so that's kind of sad. But, you know, so another winnable match for Conta. Could be a difficult one, though. And she'll then end up with either risk, in which case that draw opens up beautifully for her, or more likely, Serena Williams. And then I think it'll be a real battle of wills. Far more likely. I think you can expect Risk to, to fight, give Serena a good fight. She always does. And who knows, it could pay off if Serena has an off day. And yeah, I like Kanta against Stricheva as well. Okay. So on to the other half of the draw. Svitolina, who had a foot out the door um, in, in her second match against um, Margarita Gasparian, uh, has somehow um, been resurrected. You know, she, hmm. she dropped a set against Sakari, but in against Martic, she was really good. It was slightly helped by the fact that Martic was, seemed to be struggling with an injury. But all of a sudden, she's got a bit of a, a second wind. Yeah, and she's going to face uh, Karolina Mukova, who surprised us today by taking out the number one Czech, Karolina Pliskova, in an epic battle. 13-11 in yeah. the third set. I mean... I, I think I could confidently say that a Carolina was going to win. Yeah, I think the odds um, were good for that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, she's not to be underestimated. Svitolina obviously goes into the slight favourite, but, you know, she she held her own, got that final break, and even and she broke back. I mean, Pliskova had gone up a break, I think, um, and she, she managed to get back on, on terms. She's a hell of a fighter. I don't know much about her, but I certainly am going to tune into this match to, to find out a lot more. Mukova's Wimbledon debut. Wow. And she's 22. And just, Should we go crazy for her as uh, we did for know, a 15-year-old? Uh, not Maybe if she wins another match or two, but a um, lot of people like her game, like the style of game that she plays. She's crafty. She's clever. She's definitely worth your watch, so keep an eye out on that quarterfinal with Svitolina. And then, of course, the... Fairy tale came to an end. Coco Goff really just seemed to struggle against uh, Simona. She she was nursing a bit of an upset tongue. You know, yeah. uh, it was kind of sad to watch her impress. Her eyes were kind of red. Um, you can't be much sure whether it was from the illness or whether she was just upset. But um, but yeah, you know, I liked a lot of what she was saying at Impress. She was saying, you know, that she's not a sore loser, but she she wants to make losses make her better, um, but yes. she's a she's a good loser because she you know she she lost to former world number one and a Grand Slam champion and there's no shame in that and people were saying to you know there's absolutely no shame in losing to Simone Halep absolutely none I think she she was kind of cool with that yeah I think, I think she was absolutely no shame and I think Simona was impressed by her in a lot of ways she yeah. was impressed by her backhand which was good and her mm-hmm. serve which is very powerful bright future for Coco Goff yeah. uh, 15 winners 29 on four Sarah is not going to cut it against Simona Halep no uh, and Halep really seems to be on 
a good upswing at the moment you know she admitted that grass maybe not be her favorite thing and you know i asked her in eastbourne because she was like mm, it's grass and i'm not very good and it's like you reached the semi-final she goes yeah i know but it's like kind of in my head because i hurt my ankle and you know she she's coming through this to me feels like her run in australia felt a couple of years ago where she had a little tweak right. early on you know i mean for goodness sake she beat Jeannie bouchard on one leg I mean, she literally beat Ginny Bouchard <laughs> on one leg because that ankle had been really badly turned. And she she was literally just pivoting around and hitting the ball. And she still beat Ginny. Well, speak, which... speaking of Australia, she's playing a player who beat her in Australia back back in, I think it was 2017. It was Zhang Shui's first ever, ever Grand Slam win right, after 14 consecutive losses. And that was a springboard to her yeah. first major quarterfinal. And now she comes to Wimbledon, 0-5 lifetime in Wimbledon. And here's her second yeah. major quarterfinal. She'll face Halep next. Yeah. So what did she do to Yastremska? Not quite sure. I wasn't able to catch that match, but... She was able to turn around a kind of a lopsided middle yeah. set and come away with the victory. I think her experience paid off. She had a lot of praise for Yastrzemska, saying she's one of the bright young players on tour, which I have to agree with. She's one of two teenagers that made the second week here at Wimbledon. But how about Zhang? She is playing good ball again. Yeah, and, and you know, we were talking about it earlier. She could challenge Halep. You don't like just like with Serena Williams, we maybe don't know which Serena will show up. Yeah. Which which Simona Halep is going to yeah. show up tomorrow. So let's show the men some love. As I said before, and this might be controversial, but I really don't care. The lineup for the men was not inspiring. <laughs> not at today. All. Not today. It was not. Um, so let's just look at what what's resulted out of the quarterfinals. So we have um, Novak Djokovic and David Goffin. Now Goffin has been quite impressive. He's suddenly decided that he's you know, House of Goffindor is uh, is loving the grass. Yeah, brilliant five setter versus Medvedev to get to the third round, then beat uh, Verdasco today. Yeah, and Djokovic, I mean, just breezed through Kumbe, so, you know, the late, there's not really much we can say about that. By the time I actually looked up from going to various press conferences and stuff, he was done. Um, perhaps the match of the day, if we had to pick one, was uh, Guido Peya against uh, Milos Raonic. It was the last to finish, five sets, and Peya backed up his win over Kevin Anderson. Yes. Um, I mean, Raonic, we know, has reached the final here. We know that when he's fit and healthy, he's... He's a danger. Um, he couldn't utilize his serve, which is, you know, frustratingly the way he builds his game um, <laughs> at all against the player that probably thought a couple of weeks ago that grass is what cows munch. Yeah, Ronic had a chance serving for it, I think, in the fourth set. And um, Pay Pay was funny and pressed because I went in there and joined it for a bit just to get to get his feeling on making his first major quarterfinal. He said he almost cried because he had three match points in the fifth. That he didn't convert, and and he said he was so frustrated because Roundage's serve is so big and so lethal, and and he said I just felt like crying, but uh, I just kept battling, and that's been the story of his yeah. of his Wimbledon. That's been the story of his season. He's really turned uh, disappointing Roland Garros, and you thought clay would be maybe yeah. where his breakthrough would come, but he's turned it up here at Wimbledon. So he gets Roberto Batista Agu in a very winnable final, great opportunity for both players in the quarterfinal. Yeah. I mean, Batista Gu, what I like about him is he's not a t- typical Spaniard. He he has a really good all-court game. And, all, you know, a, a, a man of all surfaces, I, yeah. I think. Um, and he's just metronomically consistent. He certainly is. I mean, you know, he would just tick along in perfect timing. Um, you know, this could be a great chance for him, for both of them. But I think if Batista Gu made it to the next round 
and to meet pre- presumably Djokovic. I think he could cause Djokovic a few headaches. Maybe. Okay. Hard to say, hard to say. Hard to say. On the other side, uh, Sam Querrey did God's work by taking out Tennis Sangren, so we don't have to talk about him. We know what Querrey's capable of on grass. Uh, former semi-finalist here. So yep. he will be up against Rafael Nadal. Now, you said to me at dinner, Nadal has been tested. Of course he has. He was taken to four sets by Nick Kyrgios. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because I said to you, Sam Querrey will be his first test. I think Sam Crow will be his biggest test, and I can see him being dragged to five. It'll be his second test. Yeah, Rafa's never really super comfortable against big servers that can take the proverbial racket out of his hand, he, but he did well against Kyrgios to get through. I think Rafa's in a place right now where if he gets the breakers, he can handle it. The pressure's not bothering him too much. He's excited. He's jazzed. He feels like he can win this tournament. I think he gets past Query, but th- then again, we know uh, this will be a nice match to watch because Query is super good at Wimbledon, and he's proven that before. Yeah. So watch out for him for sure. Yeah, and then of course we have Kane Shikori, who after his revelation of realizing that you can actually make you know make it in less than five sets to the second week, yeah. was taken to four. Now. Talk to me about Nishikori because we had a bit of a debate in the car about this. Yeah, yeah. this is my favorite quarterfinal of the four. I love Nishikori on grass. Even last year when he reached the quarters, took a set from Djokovic, talked to some Japanese journalists that were in with him today, and they say he's really confident. He feels like he's he's continued to improve on the surface. And maybe that's what we're seeing here at Wimbledon where, as you said, Roz, he won his first nine sets today, was in four over Kukushkin. But he comes in in good form against Roger Federer, a player who he beat in their last meeting at the ATP World Tour Finals. And we all know how good Federer Mm, is in London on the the fast indoor courts. He's also got two other wins against Federer lifetime. They went to five in 2017 at the Australian Open. It's not like it's a horrible matchup for Kanan Shikori. So I think of any of the big three players, if there's one that could potentially be pushed and maybe even lose, yeah, it's a long shot, but it's Roger Federer who's facing Shikori. I really am excited to watch this quarterfinal, whereas... Djokovic, Goffin, that'll be interesting. I'm really behind Goffin. I like what he's doing here. And Nadal Query, that'll also be interesting. But I just think this is the one that could be a really tense thriller. Okay. Well, so do we think that we're going to be re, uh, reconvening tomorrow? You not you not have plans? Absolutely. You fancy well, doing just, this again? I, I might come right to the same room. Okay. You know, and just wait for you. If you're not here, I'll just wait for you like a puppy. Perfect. Oh, bless. What does that mean? You're going to like chew my furniture? I have a chew furniture. And then whittle in the corner? Yes. Yeah, that's not good. Exactly. That's not good. Um, So, we will join you tomorrow. Uh, Probably quite... Well, it might not be as late this time because it's the the women's quarters and they're all over the place. Yeah, we might be respectable hour. Wow. We might actually see, like... Daylight, fading daylight uh, and human, human beings we're really in the business end of Wimbledon yeah. right now it happens fast it does when, when uh, there's, there's always this anticipation for manage, man, Manic Monday and then when Manic Monday is done yeah you know I, I don't know about you but I now feel very very tired um, You, he, Chris was joshing me because I said oh it's a slightly later start which basically means <laughs> I can, I've got my radio hits at 7.30 with Love Sport Radio um, and it means that I can leave maybe a little later, pay some bills, maybe sort of get the slightly later train. 
And Chris was like, oh, you know, you don't want to show the doubles and, and, and juniors some love. And it's like, I do. I show them some love. I've got to sit down and do my list of where the juniors is. I've been talking to the lovely Colette Lewis of Zoo Tennis yeah. to understand how the junior setup is, is done. I'm hoping to have an article about that. We can talk more about um, that maybe at but, the, yeah, the end of the week. But, but then, yeah, tell them what you did to me. I poked fun at you, right? Didn't I? Didn't no? I don't you want it. Did. We should. We shouldn't talk about it. You, we shouldn't talk you about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We won't. But hopefully, I'll get to um, do a beginner's guide to the juniors uh, in much in the same way that we did the thing about the wheelchairs, because I think it's probably worth shining a light on. Sure. Well, you learn a lot in the juniors. Yeah. Last year, I was watching Coco Goff at this time in the quarters where she fell, and we also watched Iga Swiatek win the title. And look where look what she's done this year. Where'd she go in Roland Garros? Semis or no quarters? Or quarters, I think. Quarters. Unbelievable. So the juniors could tell you a lot about what's yeah. going to happen, not just in the distant future, but next year. Okay. Uh, but until that time, you've been listening to Ross Sutter. And Chris Otto. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Good night.